0: Good afternoon. You are listening to the Andy Zanke Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. I'm your host, Adele Kraft, and this is My Own Two Hands, a monthly collaboration between AZYEP and Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies Program. Colorado Mountain College offers several bachelor's degrees in different disciplines. The spotlight of our show is their Sustainability Studies Program. This degree offers an interdisciplinary approach that focuses on the three E's of sustainability, a healthy environment, a vibrant economy, and social equity. In addition to the three E's, students learn about resiliency, empathy, and much more through a rigorous academic program and experiential learning. During last month's show, we spoke with Professor Kevin Hilmer about sustainability, active hope, and self-care. Did you know that ASIUP now has a podcast feed? You can go back and listen to any episode of My Own Two Hands and other ASIUP shows that you may have missed on many major podcast providers. The focus of today's show is water in the West. Here in the Roaring Fork Valley and the West in general, we live in a dry, arid climate. Over the past decade, we have experienced drought conditions, warming temperatures, a changing wildfire regime, and negative impacts to our waterways. The Colorado River starts high in the peaks of the Rockies in the form of snowmelt. Since 1980, the Aspen area has seen a sharp increase in frost-free days—31 more days on average. Sustaining the health of our rivers relies on freezing temperatures and snowpack. Over 40 million people from seven states rely on the Colorado River for water. For several decades, the river no longer reaches its natural termination point in the Gulf of California due to climate change and changing demand from upstream states. According to research conducted by the American Geophysical Union on Water Resources, by 2100 the flow of the Colorado could decrease by as much as 55 percent. We all rely on water for domestic uses, agriculture, irrigation, livestock, power generation, mining, industry, and recreation. We are living in unprecedented times where access to fresh, clean water is becoming increasingly scarce. This has far-reaching implications for our region's environmental health, economy, recreation, wildlife, and people. It is crucial that we work together to decrease water use and protect and restore our waterways. To learn more, I spoke with two sustainability students about their background, views on the water crisis, and a water project they worked on last semester. Let's hear from James Ring and Christina Matzel thank you so much to both of you for joining me today. To start, can you go around and introduce yourselves? Where are you from and what do you currently do for work?
1: I'm Christina Matzel and I'm from Newcastle, Colorado. And right now I get to stay home with my kids and be a student.
2: And I'm James Ring. I, I live in Glenwood Springs. I uh, currently work for uh, an outsourced IT company. Uh, we provide IT support for um small and medium businesses in the Valley.
0: Great. And I know you are also both CMC students, so can you tell us a little bit about what you're studying and your CMC journey? Christina, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I am majoring in sustainability at CMC, uh, mostly at the Spring Valley campus, and kind of did that as as a little bit of a change. I started out years ago as an art major and moved out to Colorado and had kids. And so making the next steps for me. What about you, James?
2: Uh, I'm also in the sustainability program um, at the Spring Valley campus. Uh, It's kind of my midlife crisis that uh, I'm going back to school, changing my career and getting in a new industry that um, hopefully we can find something we can make some change and improvements for uh, my kids down the road.
0: What does the word sustainability mean to you, James?
2: Uh, to me, it's a it's a balance and a balance of uh, of moderation. So, uh, we typically look at the three E's, which uh, is economy, environment, and equity. Uh, so, making sure that everything that we're doing uh, is producing a um, a strong economy. Uh, it's taking care of the environment so that that we're we have a long lasting world and and resources. Uh, and then equality so uh, that society is being taken care of and uh, we have people for the economy and for the environment.
1: Sustainability to me means making changes in the way we do things and use resources so that we can preserve the environment uh, the way it is now and so that we can enjoy more of it and so that future generations can enjoy more of it. What inspired you to study the field of sustainability, James.
2: Uh, the, I've always been very, uh, in, in very conscious of of my what I use and uh, and the resources available to us. But uh, what really start, sparked me to start going back to college and uh, taking an action was uh, the East Troublesome Fire uh, that that affected the Ravho National Forest and the surrounding communities. That's a, a very special place to me where uh, I spent a lot of time recreating over the last ten. Uh, or for ten years, and um, seeing that the the large amount of destruction that it did, and um, how it was just so uncontrollable, uh, that could have been prevented um, through um, you know it's it's a di- a direct um, response of climate change, uh, and it really affected the communities around that, and um, that really spoke to me and wanted me to to take action to to prevent you know large wildfires like that in the future.
1: Um. I think previous to learning about a sustainability degree, I had been pretty interested in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and all of that garbage that just gets stuck out in our oceans. And being interested in that led me to want to figure out a way to help solve that problem.
0: It's interesting that you talk about the garbage patch in the ocean because today we're here to talk about water. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar, can you give us some background knowledge about water issues in the
1: West and how drought and climate change impact water availability? Well in the West we're right we're pretty arid. Uh, so being in a desert kind of climate, we don't have a lot of water available to us aside you know from what we get in the winter, really. And as we use that for agriculture and just growing populations, we're, the amount we have is getting less.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, and you know, specifically with the with the Colorado River and the Colorado Basins, uh, um, you know, and, and to our Roaring Fork Valley, one of the first thing you know, it's just there's a lot of straws. Is, is the way a lot of people frame it is there's a lot of straws in the river, uh, a lot of needs for uh, for that water. Um, and if you look at the start, the um, the water doesn't even make it to the watershed. Um, the There's two. Um, Two of the five largest water diversions are uh, above the Roaring Fork Valley, so above Aspen and and above the the frying pan. So 38 percent of the Roaring Fork headwaters above Aspen are diverted uh, on average each year, and 41 percent of the water uh, of the frying pan are diverted each year. And these, uh, this water is being sent to the front range um, for resources and what I always think about there is, you know, it's the continental divide. The continental divide decides which way the water flows. Um, so we're diverting water where it's not supposed to go. So just from the start, we're already at a negative uh, with with the amount of water in our watersheds. Um, compound that with uh, the down downriver uh, needs uh, from from irrigation to al- uh, alg- agriculture, uh, hydroelectric, uh, and then the the large communities that we've seen. Uh, build up uh, in in phoenix and in Las vegas so um, all in all there's there's not much water to begin with uh, and there's a lot of s- straws pulling the water that's there uh, and then that's now been compounded with with climate change and uh, the lack of snowpack uh, as well as um, further destruction of 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 uh, of these these habitats um, they don't have the ability to create their own microclimates and replenish their 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 water
0: so in our mountain communities then what sectors do you think should get priority for water usage like households agriculture ranching the many straws that you were just talking about manufacturing production and do you think there are industries that need to cut back their water usage
2: uh so the the biggest users are are hydroelectric and agriculture so um any cutbacks by by them would have a um a large uh, change, a large impact. Uh, all in all, uh, for it, it's it's needs to be a coordinated uh, cutback across across the board. There's just not the water there anymore uh, that that there once was, uh, and um, and so uh, the, the big thing is what what I always the the Colorado River hasn't touched the or has rarely made it to the Pacific Ocean since the 1960s. Um, there's a huge delta in Mexico. Uh, that's full of habitat and wildlife um, that's been dead um, and and on life support since the 60s. Uh, And in 2014, a lot of the um, upriver uh, users got together um, and and built a a compact and and decided together to to reduce their their usage. Uh, And that uh, usage allowed for the the river to uh, once again touch the Pacific Ocean. Um, There's a real good a documentary, if you, if you want to look about it, uh, called Delta Dawn, Paddling the River Run Free uh, by Peter McBride. Uh, he's um, he's a great documentarian and photographer and a big activist for, for the Colorado River.
0: It's such a beautiful film. For those of you who haven't seen it, definitely check it out. In what ways do you envision climate change, drought conditions, and decreased water availability impacting life here in the Roaring Fork Valley?
2: Uh, so recreation is just so huge for uh, the Rowing Fork Valley. It's, it's I think why a lot of people moved here if they didn't originally grow up here for uh, the skiing, the rafting, the the fishing. Um, all of those are are um, going to be, or if not already affected, are going to be affected. Uh, the frying pan alone, uh, its fishing brings three point eight million dollars to our um, our economy. Um, that that we have the potential of losing that, and not only just. The, the river itself and the fish that are in it, but um, the economy and and the jobs that that come with that, that that's all um, up for grabs. And then um, you know, and then and then the land in our homes. The, the the more the the climate change, we're we're going to see the more fires like uh, Lake Christine and, and the Glenwood Canyon. Those uh, are going to become more prevalent, and we're going to be closer to our um, to our living um, or to our households.
1: I think we've already seen. A lot of what climate change has done with our reduction in the snowpack and just the, the summers that we've had with droughts and the fires that we've had, record-breaking fires, there are, it's, there's a pretty dramatic effect from climate change.
0: If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. I'm Adele, and this is My Own Two Hands, a monthly collaboration with Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies program. We are talking with students Christina Matzel and James Ring about issues with water in the West. I know that you just worked on a project about water use at CMC's campuses in a class called Sustainability Assessment and Reporting. Can you tell us about the class and the project you worked on?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the the class was built around a, a Uh, international certification called Stars. Um, They're an uh, an internationally known organization uh, that rates institutions uh, sustainability. So um, as a sustainability program, um, we should be a sustainable sustainable college. There's around 70 different categories that have to go through, that we have to look at. um, And my specific one was water use. But um, it shows that, you know, are we decreasing our water use from, from year over year? Um, are we putting things in place to um, reuse rainwater um, and use it as a resource? Uh, and then it also goes into the, to the other aspects of, uh, you know, electric, electricity, carbon footprints. Um, and at the end of it, it's, it's going to be about a three-year project for, for CMC. Uh, and it's being student-driven. So, you know, these skills will be very beneficial to us in, in our future endeavors. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, we're we're looking to get a rating, uh, and that comes with a a medal, gold, silver, bronze, uh, and and that can give us uh, not only gives us a baseline uh, of what we can improve on, uh, but it also uh, helps with everything, helps us recruit, uh, helps us uh, put sustainability in all programs th- through the college. It's not the sustainability department, but um, you know your English class can now have. Um, you know, how does English affect sustainability and how can you use English to, to do sustainability?
0: What were the findings from your portion of that process? Uh,
2: the findings were, for the water use specifically, we were looking at um, how much water all, all CMC campuses used uh, over the amount of, of users on, on-site residential, uh, the, the amount of building space, uh, and then the amount of, of total, total acreage. Um, what we found and we kind of tried we at first we selected the um the pandemic year because we thought without residential for that year the water usage would go um would be a drastic change Uh, and fortunately what we found was that um that wasn't that big of a driver uh to uh, to cmc's water usage and um from from what we found it looks like irrigation really is so um and that goes to you know um there yes there's an east soccer fields but uh, you know, grass campuses and, and, um, and you know, flowers and, and that type of landscaping, uh, we, we found that that still um, was a big driver uh, in, in CMC's water use.
0: How can the data that you collected during that project be applied to practical changes on campus to ensure sustainable
1: water use going forward? Well, we really thought that because a lot of that had to do with landscaping and irrigation, um, and especially for places like Spring Valley that have their soccer fields and big green spaces, that they could make some efforts to reduce the level of irrigation and also try and switch out a lot of the um, landscaping for native landscape, native plants that don't use as much water. Are there any next steps for the project that you would like future
0: generations of sustainability students to take on?
1: Well, for the project specifically, we were just recording data, and we weren't actually able to complete collecting all of the data just because some of it wasn't there yet. Um, Some of it we were waiting on other factors and other people to give us the information, and it just hadn't come yet. So future generations of students will have to take care of that. but. Really, future students need to start holding the college accountable for the water that they use. There's not a lot in place that is holding them accountable and motivating them to reduce their water water use.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's a three-year project, so um, we only we only touched a, a, a portion of the of the project, uh, but there's a, a lot uh, to be looked at, and um, it's 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 starting the conversation. The, the end of the the class was was to present our findings uh, to the leadership of, of CMC, uh, and it was something that was well received. Uh, and you could see that they were actively involved and actively wanted to take action. Um, CMC's had a sustainability plan since uh, 2015, um, and and so this is just helps reinforce uh, the, those those changes, and uh, you know provides a, a a reward at the end where. You know, having, a, having that uh, certificate can, or having that medal can help uh, recruit new, new, new students uh, and, and show that we are, you know, we're leaders in, in the sustainability uh, initiative.
0: You are listening to the Andy Zenke Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK. I'm Adele, and this is My Own Two Hands, a monthly collaboration with CMC's Sustainability Studies Program. Today, we are having a conversation with students James Ring and Christina Matzel about water issues and conservation. We just heard about a water use project they recently worked on at CMC. Now let's learn more about solutions to the ongoing water crisis we're facing. What are some specific changes that individuals can make in their own
1: homes and lives to conserve water? Well, obviously watering your lawn a little less. um, But there's little things like turn off the water when you brush your teeth. And um, I guess one thing that I have learned uses a lot of water is agriculture, the meat that we eat. So if you reduce the amount of meat you eat every week, you're going to reduce your water use Absolutely. ultimately.
2: You're doing a good job. You're, the changes you've made and the ch- improvements you've, you any effort is good effort no matter how small it is. Um, so everybody's doing a good job. Um when it comes to to water, uh, it doesn't have to be a drastic change uh, at the, at the household level. Um there the a lot of water use is, is at the industrial level. So um, making those changes, um, I like using technology uh, for those changes. Um, there's irrigate, smart irrigation uh, systems out there that, you know, watch the weather. And so when it rains, it doesn't water your lawn. Uh, there's, you know, the New Energy Star rated dishwashers and washing machines. Those, those save a lot of water. Um, so just being conscious of it, um, you know, doing your dishes. I always think of it, you know, if you're camping, you, you, your dishes get clean with a very limited amount of water, there's no reason you can't do the same thing at home. But probably the biggest way to make a big impact would be, um, would be reducing your food waste in your household. Um, as I mentioned, the, a lot of the water coming out of the Colorado, about 60 to 80% of it goes to agriculture. And across America, uh, 40% of all food is, is wasted and thrown away. Um, so there's, that's a big, um, that's a small change you can make at home. It makes a big impact. Not only are you saving money because you're not throwing food away, um, but there's a lot that went into to getting that produce to your um, to your grocery store and to your front door. Uh, and reducing that food waste just it trickles down, and uh, that means less irrigation water we need, less less need um, on on the system itself.
0: Absolutely. So you were just talking about how. Individuals are a really important part of the picture, but the big picture is where we need to be putting in the work. So from a big picture perspective, governments, communities, globally, what do we need to do to ensure water security for the planet and future generations?
2: Uh, for from, from the government aspect, we need to start locally and, and at the state level. If if we continue on the same path that we're headed, uh, the, eventually uh, the federal government or other States are going to get involved, um, and they're going to supersede what Colorado and uh, the Roaring Fork Valley already has in place, and we're not going to have a, a say in it. Uh, so, doing what we can do now to uh, to get involved and and work on those water rights. The the a lot of the water rights along the Colorado River were written uh, at the turn of the century, the previous turn of the century eighteen uh, the eighteen and nineteen hundreds. So, um, a lot's changed since then. It was very based on, on mining uh, at that time. Uh, and so, that's a, that's a good way to um, getting our governments involved to, uh, to really enforce those water rights and make sure that they're uh, doing what's best for us. And you don't have to go directly to the, to the governments themselves. We have local organizations that are fighting for these water rights and for the Colorado River. The uh, Roaring Fort Conservancy is one of them, uh, as well as the Colorado River Water Conservation District. Uh, both of those are based here in the valley um, and are fighting for those water rights and are working with the government so anything you do to support them um, there's also an organization called save the colorado Um, these are all great ways that uh, as an individual you get involved um, and and help and and make a large impact uh, down the road
0: amazing are you familiar with any exciting new innovations in water management and conservation that could aid in solving the crisis?
2: Uh, one of the new ones I just saw was uh, Las Vegas uh, has as a city has just instituted of any, any new housing has to be zero Uh So you cannot build a lawn any longer in, in, in Las Vegas. So, um, you know, that's, you know, we gotta think, you know, downstream that's that's water that's that we have to give to them and they're trying to conserve their water. Uh, is very helpful. Um, I've always been a big fan of reusing wastewater. Breweries are good, uh, really good at this. They don't waste their water. They, they recycle it. They reuse it uh, in their systems. And then uh, just, you know, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of technology uh, advances that, that are helping us uh, reduce water, uh, you know, ENERGY STAR ratings. Using all these smart apps to, to kind of help improve your water use is, is, is really exciting.
0: So here at the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Program, our organization is focused on helping kids make an impact. Are there any steps that kids can take to help with these issues?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, growing up, my favorite was always uh, there was a big uh, PSA campaign about uh, turning your water off while you brush your teeth. So um, that would be always the first one that I that I go with. I, that really stuck with me. Um, and then you know, as we mentioned with the food waste, just don't you know you don't be wasteful. Uh, you you know take what you need and. Uh, and eat what you take. Uh, that's that's a really thing. And uh, and then lastly, you know, don't be afraid to take action. This is going to be your world. It is your world. Uh, no one owns it. Um, so don't be afraid to to challenge your parents and challenge your your uh, your teachers and 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 those around you to, to do better uh, and and to do the right thing.
1: Well, I think kids can do a lot. You can affect your parents. You can you know some of the. Things that I mentioned before, like make sure you turn off the water when you're brushing your teeth and maybe get your parents to do a meat-free Monday or kids have a lot of, a lot of pull with their parents. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Regarding the water crisis, do you think things are bound to get worse before they get better? And do you see a way forward?
2: I think we're, we're in a good place. Uh, thankfully, this was a pretty good snow. So I think it's bought us a few years, maybe. Um, and, and I'm very hopeful that we're starting to see a lot of um, attention to it, more than, you know, we're getting a lot of national attention. Uh, anybody that's seen pictures of, uh, of Lake Mead and Lake Powell, um, it's very concerning, and it's, it's concerning to everybody. They're the lowest in their in their histories, and a lot of people rely on those reservoirs. So uh, I think we're getting a lot more attention to it. And uh, you know, even even locally, you know, some of our our politicians who you know may may be hesitant with climate change, even they know that water is important to the West, and they're they're making it a part of their campaign.
1: Unfortunately, I do think they might get a little worse, just because. Sometimes we kind of need a kick in the pants before we really, really, uh, you know, make a move. But I think that as, you know, as people in a population, I think we were really capable of teaming up together and making things happen when it needs to happen.
0: Are you hopeful about the state of water in the West?
1: I'm hopeful. I think I think I'm definitely hopeful. I think it's got a long way to go.
0: Thank you so much for talking with me today. We're almost at the end. So is there anything you'd like to touch on that we haven't talked about yet?
1: Uh, I think
2: just like I said earlier, you know, it's any effort's good effort. Get out there, take some action. It doesn't matter how small it may seem to you. Uh, it does have a, a larger impact. Uh, all these things are connected. Uh, the water and our, our climate is, is connected uh, with each other. If, um, the, more, the more water we have, the, the better our uh, the better climate we'll have, the more, um, the better, uh, more seasons, uh, and, and we'll see a reduction in extreme weather events. Uh, so just, uh, I say just, you know, just keep doing what you can and, um, make sure that you're, uh, you know, and, um, last, I mean, try to vote with, with climate change in mind. Don't vote for politicians that that don't think climate change is real it's it's here it's it's we're we're behind we need to do a lot to catch up Uh, so just make sure that that's that's important in uh in every aspect of your life
0: great thank you so much for joining me today you bet thank you thank you thank you so much for tuning in to my own two hands with the andy zanka youth empowerment program on kdnk We have a long way to go to repair our waterways and develop a resilient relationship with water. I am hopeful through conversations like these, we can be inspired to make changes in our own homes and communities to have a positive impact. If you would like to learn more about water issues and conservation, check out these resources. If you're interested in the history of the Colorado River, our guest James suggests the book, Where the Water Goes, Life and Death Along the Colorado River by David Owen. You can also visit AmericanRivers.org, Colorado Water Conservation Board, or local organizations like the Aspen Center for Environmental Studies and the Roaring Fork Conservancy. To learn more about sustainability and hear from the diverse voices of Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies program, tune in on the third Wednesday of every month from 4 to four thirty. May we all go out and put a little more good into the world. Thanks so much for listening to the Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK.